Get ready for your daily dose of marketing strategies and tactics from entrepreneurs with the guile and experience to help you find success in any marketing capacity. You're listening to Marketing School with your instructors, Neil Patel and Eric Sue. Hey, Marketing School listeners, I have an interesting stat for you. Did you know that Walmart improved their conversion rate by 2% for every second that they improved their load time? In other words, website speed helps with conversions. In addition to that, Google uses it to determine where your site ranks in their index. So the faster your website loads, the higher you'll rank. For that reason, I want to talk to you today about a company called DreamHost. DreamHost powers the web with fast websites and superior customer service brought to you by a team of web experts who are super committed to your success online. We've worked with them to create a special offer just for Marketing School listeners. All you have to do is go to dreamhost.com slash school to learn more and get your website online today. Welcome to another episode of Marketing School. I'm your host, Eric Su. And I'm Neil Patel. And today we're going to talk about the complicated process of designing a lead nurturing, lead scoring, and a drip email campaign. So when you think about this, what you want to do, because this is a podcast, this needs to be visualized. So if you just Google marketing funnel, you'll be able to find the first top, the top two results are either from single grain, which is mine, and then also uh, Kiss metrics as well. And you should be able to find at least a high level kind of what a flow looks like for a lead nurturing campaign. So to keep things simple, I'll keep it kind of high level for what we do at Single Grain. So when people opt in to our email list, let's say you opted in for a lead magnet, when you land on a thank you page, we're going to ask you a question. Okay, the question is how you know how big is your business? Is it above you know three million a year? Is it below three million a year? Or maybe you don't even have a business. But once you click on one of those, you're tagged inside of our uh, email service provider, which is Drip. And then um, from there, we can figure out how we want to talk to you, right? People that don't have a business, maybe we're going to point them towards our courses or people that are you know, below a certain threshold. Maybe we want to continue to you know, nurture them with content, but chances are, you know, maybe they're not a fit for us where we're probably going to refer them out to another agency that can do a better job of helping them. So it's all about the messaging. It's all about who you're talking to. The first thing I would recommend is when they opt into something, make sure you're trying to you know, tag them in a certain way, or maybe you're tagging them in the first email, because I know that's something that Pat Flynn likes to do. When you're setting up your leads flow, right, and you're asking questions to get the right lead, if you ask people too many questions on one page, you'll get way too much drop off, in which people just feel overwhelmed and they're going to leave. So what you want to do is break down the whole process into roughly three pages, Two, at the very bare minimum, the first page could just be name and email or uh, just email. Second page, you can ask some bit more personal information like company name, size, etc. The third page, that's where you want to dive in and get really into the details like budget, revenue, etc., phone number, right? By doing that, you'll get way more qualified leads and you'll find that you get more people to go all the way to the end. And you'll figure out, all right, these are the people that we should be following up with. Then what we like doing on our end is we then take the best leads and in our system, we also cross-reference it with tools and APIs like from, let's say, Alexa, because it'll tell us how popular websites are. We also uh, go look at, let's say, LinkedIn and then go pull the person's title and you know uh, company, et cetera, just to make sure that it's accurate so that way we're not wasting reps' times. And then we know who to follow up with what with. For example, if someone is a VP level at Microsoft, we're not going to continually drip them. Instead, what we'll do is take that phone number and have someone call them right away. But if someone's really small 
they get put into our nurture sequence, and then we just start sending them out emails to educate them. So then that way, when we're ready to sell them, they'll be ready as well. And the next thing is talking about lead scoring. So, you know, ideally, let's say you're, you're in a sales organization, you're looking for people that are going to be qualified, it's, you know, especially if you have sales development representatives, you're looking for, you know, kind of sales qualified leads. You can call them marketing qualified leads too, whatever. Marketing qualified would be, you know, these are qualified by your lead scoring system. And then SDR would be people that actually talk to these people and then they decide if they're qualified or not. So actually I should back up a second. Yeah, SDR sales development rep, I believe. Yeah, so SDR sales development rep, but... I'm going to back up a second and say for lead scoring, you're basically qualifying it from a marketing perspective. So in Drip or inside of Infusionsoft, you can use lead scoring to basically say, okay, if they've downloaded this resource, their, their score is going to go up by, you know, X, uh, X amount. Let's say, you know, go up by 10 points out of, you know, I don't know, a couple hundred, right? Um, or if they visited, uh, you know, a couple of times or they've stayed on the site for X amount of time, then, you know, their score is going to go up by a certain amount. The idea is that if you're setting a threshold, let's say your threshold is 100, once they pass that threshold, they've, they've tipped that bucket, right? Then you're able to mark them as a uh, marketing qualified lead. And then your sales development representatives can jump on it, right? Um, and then you can, you can probably set some kind of automation where, you know, these people will, um, you know, be your sales development reps will have a tool that calls them, uh, calls these leads automatically. So you can get down to that level. But it is important to start figuring out, you know, which one of your leads are actually qualified, which one of them have basically, you know, triggered the events um, to to actively, you know, push them into the next cycle. So lead scoring, I mean, you know, we we do use it and we use a host of other uh, tools to kind of help supplement it too. But um, yeah, it's just another point of, you know, nurturing and having a good marketing funnel. The biggest mistake that I'm seeing right now is companies are collecting a lead. Could just be name and email, could be all the way to a phone number and revenue size and company size, et cetera. But the biggest mistake I'm seeing is people are just sending a sequence of emails. So even if you're tracking, like what Eric mentioned, did someone download something? Do they not? And then you're adding it to the lead score, et cetera. You could be doing that. But what most companies are doing is they're saying, all right, once someone becomes a lead, I'm going to send them three blog posts, a case study, a PDF, and then two weeks from now, we're going to be ready to sell. It doesn't really work that way. If the lead isn't engaged, if they're not the right size, the right client type, they're not going to be that likely to close. Then you're just going to be wasting your sales reps' times calling and trying to close them. If you're wasting their time and they're not generating any revenue, you're losing money because you have to pay that sales rep money, right? Sure, some of their uh, salary is based on commission, but some of it's a flat base. So don't just send people through a sequence of campaigns and then call everyone who completes that sequence. You have to be tracking the actions that they're taking. Are they downloading PDFs? Are they actually viewing the webinars you're sending them to? Are they watching the case studies? Are they engaging? Are you making them do other things? So having them click a PDF to download it isn't enough. You need them to make more commitments. If you get them to put in more information, you get them to go somewhere and type in a chat when they're on a webinar, all of this makes them more engaged. When someone's more engaged, they're much more likely to buy. So don't just send people a series of seven emails that get sent out to every single person, no matter who they are and what type of lead they are. Customize it to each individual person. Because if I send someone three emails and they don't open up any of them, I'm not going to keep sending them emails. It's useless, right? Instead, I'm going to put them in a re-engagement campaign and try to do something like send them a super casual subject line like, Eric, what's wrong? And then I may end up addressing in the email, be like, hey, Eric, I noticed that you haven't been opening up any of your emails. 
you first opted in trying to learn more about marketing, I would love to help you. You know, you don't have to buy anything from me. Do you just have any questions or concerns? I don't mind just giving you some free tips. So if you can get people re-engaged, then you can put them back into the sequence. But the key is to get them engaged first. I think Neil brings up a really good point. And Frank Kern actually does a good job of, you can watch some of his free webinars around setting up contingencies. And I think he has some of these on YouTube, but each and every person is different, right? They behave differently. You do yourself a good service by figuring out the different categories of people that are coming in, right? The different kinds of leads, right? Some might be completely unqualified. Some might be looking for a specific service. And, you know, that way you can figure out how you want to tailor the messages and the sales process, because this is sales and marketing kind of working uh, hand in hand here. That's how you're going to be able to map everything out. And this is part of strategy, right? You have to be able to plan everything out before you start going into all the tactical stuff. And funnels, you know, they do look like they're daunting. You know, you look at these charts uh, on the internet and it looks like, you know, it's too complex, right? You know, when I look at it, it just makes my head want to explode. So um, just keep that in mind. There's a lot of different people out there. You have to message them differently. And then, you know, when you're able to talk to people differently in terms of what they've actually done, then they're going to respond to that, right? You can't just blanket everyone with the same message. So with that being said, that's it for this episode of Marketing School. We'll see you tomorrow. This session of Marketing School has come to a close. Be sure to subscribe for more daily marketing strategies and tactics to help you find the success you've always dreamed of. And don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to bring you the best daily content possible. We'll see you in class tomorrow right here on Marketing School. Oh, 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 oh